0: 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call one 800 270 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code baseball and get your $1,000 first bet offer today.
1: Right it's a game! We're going to validate or invalidate some of the stat leaders, because we officially hit the four week mark of the season. It's not like your month, 30 day, 31 day, but we are four Thursdays in. So we are through the first month of the season we'll take a look at the stat leaders and pretty much just call it factor fluke rapid fire um we're also gonna open the floor to yours truly because if you remember last week Peter Apple who's joining me on this show on Thursday April 27th asked me to like air out my frustrations on the White Sox and I didn't do it like I I wouldn't even call it half-assed it I like quarter assed it because I was like I'm indifferent but now I'm kind of bought into this team just sucking and I'm willing to see them blow it up. So I'll get into that right away. But first, Peter Apple, let me tell you about this ball game that I just watched on Wednesday afternoon. The AAA affiliate of the Guardians, Columbus, beat Indy 10-7. It was a four-run ninth inning. They hit a round the ninth. They hit a round twice in the game. 17 combined runs, 23 combined hits. You had 22 guys left on base, 20 Mm. combined walks. With the pitch clock, the game took three hours and 17 minutes. 20 walks? 20 walks, 17 combined punch outs, 20 combined walks. And I know you don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but who was on the mound? Caleb Smith started. Caleb Smith, former big leaguer Caleb Smith? Former big leaguer, former Diamondbacks reliever Caleb Smith started the game against Adam Scott, who's not the Adam Scott from uh Parks and Rec in Severance. I appreciated your uh your tweet at me today. Did you see that potentially
0: I could be in for a bullpen roll? Like I let them know about my low 70s fastball with a couple inches of induced vertical break, and I even but I ruined my chance because I accidentally typed out IVP instead of IVB. And if you're looking for a spot in a bullpen, like you can't mess up the grammar like that, they're gonna think I'm a fraud. Well, you
1: are. <laughs> what do you mean? No, listen. So you're saying you could be up for a spot in the bullpen because you tweeted at them and you got the like on the tweet. Um, how else that, do you get on? How else do you get on a team? Well, so here's a fun one for you. There were a couple of guys, Kyle Bodie, who's like the founder of Driveline in Seattle. <laughs> Kyle Bodie very active on Twitter. Bodie was the director of pitching development or like the minor league pitching coordinator for the Cincinnati Reds. He was the pitching ninja for the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, but he (laughs) wasn't doing a great job. I think they mutually agreed to part ways or he got let go midway through a season and you really never see coordinators get let go midway through a season. But there were a couple guys that I saw in high A with Cincinnati in 2021 that were signed in like very, unorthodox ways i think braxton roxby was the guy or it might have been someone else kyle Bodie and the reds signed a minor league free agent based off of a rap soto screenshot on reddit kyle Bodie was hosting like a reddit circle and this guy who is a d2 pitcher dropped like a, a rap soto screenshot like dropped his slider and fastball data in a reddit page to kyle Bodie. And like in turn, that led to a conversation, and in turn, that led to a free agent deal with the Reds. Did he end? It, did he ever end up being anything? No, like he wasn't good. But oh, that, that would have shot sick. his shot. It would have been sick, but he shot his shot and got there because Kyle Bodie was like the right place for him at the right time. Speaking about Reddit, I don't know if you follow
0: NFL draft stuff, but it's some so dude on stupid. Reddit, yeah, give this had, to me. So said dumb. about Will Levis, right? It was this guy on Reddit, I guess his name is like anonymous or something like that for all the NFL people out there, because the draft is today as we are, you know, recording on Wednesday, the draft is Thursday. So someone on Reddit said, thank me later, Will Levis is telling his family and friends that Carolina is going to draft him and the Carolina Panthers have the number one overall pick and it is expected that they are going to go with Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. There's also C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks. And Will Levis has been in that conversation between Anthony Richardson out of Florida for like the third or fourth quarterback taken. He's also kind of a weirdo. He eats, there's a video that surfaced of him just like staring into the camera and eating a brown banana. Kind of strange, but also has a quarterback body. And what's crazy about it, we're sponsored by BetMGM. Those lines went Crazy, he was around a. I don't know the exact lines, but it was above a 4,000. It was like 4,000 to 440 to 1. And on some books right now, he is plus 250. So, this, these couple weeks that lead up to the NFL draft, it's all noise. I thought I forget who broke it down. I think it was Michael K, where he said, throw the capital J in journalism out the window, because people just take a story and they run with it. And you throw all journalistic qualities out the window with these two weeks. And it's just bashing. It's rumors. Lines are flying all over the place.
1: So that's Reddit. I love that. So real quick on Levis, and yeah, hey, we can spend two minutes on the draft because it's draft day. Real quick on Levis, this past fall, I was listening to the Ryan Russillo podcast, and like, I love Russillo. Russillo Great. had Todd McShay on, who's like the lead draft guy at ESPN. He I feel NFL. bad for Todd McShay. Have you seen that every single podcast that's talked about football that's relevant
0: has had Todd McShay on? He's been going over the draft probably 15 hours a day for the past like three months, and he just does spot after spot, and
1: it's the same questions over and over and over again. Okay, might I say, though, this is when he eats and he gets yes. paid very handsomely to talk yes, about it. hearsay yes, when it comes I to would, the NFL draft. I would like to trade places with him. I so agree. Yeah, so like the moment that I was out on Levis is when Todd McShay was on Rusillo last fall, and Rusillo asked about Levis. He asked about the top four, Stroud, Young, Anthony Richardson, and, and Levis. And when they got to Levis, the first thing that McShay said about Will Levis was, this guy's a weight room legend. And I was so out on that. Like, obviously, he's carved like a Greek god. He looks like Adonis, whatever. Um, but I don't need my quarterback to look like that.
0: Okay, but you know another quarterback that's a weight room legend? Tim Tim Hurts, who just signed a $265 million contract. There are videos all over the internet of him squatting 500 pounds. So that's not the weird thing for me. I think the weird thing for me is, yes, he does look like an NFL quarterback as we sit here today. But he's not that good at playing quarterback. I don't know if you've seen him at the University of Kentucky. Yeah, He's not that good. His combine and pro day were so hot, though. How would you rank the top four quarterbacks? I would go number one, CJ Shroud. Then I'd go Anthony Richardson, 20-year-old. Like People don't realize how young this guy is. You get him in a good NFL system, and you could just mold him. I think he's the most upside of any player in this draft. Number three, I'm going Bryce Young. I'm worried about the body. 5'10", 5'11", under 200 pounds. Not a lot of history of those types of quarterbacks being that good at this level. Like, there's the Russell Wilson, there's the Drew Brees, but those are anomalies. That's not regular. And then Will Levis is four, and then you have Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. It's, It's a weird draft because I don't love any of the quarterbacks at all, but I think there's a decent chance that they go one, two, three,
1: four in this draft. Bro, this turned into the Just Football show very quickly. No, I mean, like, Top four. I don't know. I've got, I've got some preferences there. Like I guess, you know, young one, Stroud two, Richardson three, Levis four, but like the way that I want it to shake out is, is I want, I don't care what happens in the front two. I want Anthony Richardson as a cult. Cause I live here, you know, like yeah. I live in Indy. I want to go watch Anthony Richardson. That's the guy that I want to watch the most. So that's my final thing on that. Um. Also real quick, before I get into my white Sox rant, um, you sent a very underratedly funny text Living in New York City, I said, you ready to go in 10 before I sent you the Zoom link? And you said, walking up the stairs so good in three minutes. (laughs) Welcome to the walk-up life.
0: Oh, I know. I live on the fourth floor, um, and I have to walk up the stairs every single day. But I love it, actually, weirdly. I know it doesn't make any sense. But I don't get a lot of exercise. I wake up at 7 in the morning, cap all morning, which basically I make all my bets, right. You know, the article, bro, you do nothing podcast. but cap. You're such film, a capper. I know I am such a capper. <laughs> film the TikTok, jump on the podcast, go to the stream, film TikToks. Then at night, watch all the baseball for research the next day and to keep giving everyone my best shot at talking about baseball on the just baseball show. So unfortunately, in these early months, it's tough for me to get the exercise. So I walk from my apartment to the studio, which is about 1.2 miles get that walk in walk back stairs up and down it's my only exercise so i actually don't
1: mind it at all yeah man do some sit-ups and some squats while watching the game that's that's kind of my jam too i've got bands sitting in the corner i'll do like the lat, you know the band extension all that shit so we make do man we're content creators i try and look like will levis but right now
0: i'm kind of looking like uh you know like bryce young if you gained like 50 pounds of
1: fat Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Yeah, that's kind of my mo too. And uh, hey, you know what? Transitioning to the White Sox, uh, Steve Stone, the TV analyst, went on six seventy the score the other day and said that Wait. Lance Lynn needs to have a couple of salads. So like maybe we fall into the Lance Lynn bucket.
0: I felt so bad. Your uncle Matt spiegel who I love, I think he's a phenomenal personality. I follow him on Twitter. I I love everything he puts out. Shout out Matt spiegel He on Twitter. It was like the first inning, and it was zero zero. 0 He's like, hey, look, the White Sox aren't losing. And then immediately, like maybe 30 seconds after, the Blue Jays put up a bunch of runs, and just the replies were so funny. People were putting up tombstones of like, Rip weren't losing twelve oh eight to 12-30. It's a disaster in the south side of Chicago, and I'm
1: very interested to hear your thoughts. All right. Let's get All into this. Right. And I came armed with facts. Like, this is how I want to go about it. Cause I don't want to just like get angry and yell about random shit. I want to cite specific things to show you how shitty the experience is for White Sox fans.
0: Can I also say one thing, too? I'm very happy that this is happening because I'm normally the rant guy, I'm the emotional idiot. Who lets sometimes my emotions get the best of me? You might hear a Marlins rant from Aram once a year because I think he's just given up all hope, even when they're playing good baseball and they yeah. are actually pretty decent right now. You give one a couple of times a year, but this is much earlier
1: than we normally expect it. I'm eulogizing the 2023 Chicago White Sox on the night of Wednesday, April 26th. And again, I come armed with numbers. So as I go to My favorite application in the history of applications. Microsoft OneNote, I pull up the bulleted list. There are three teams in Major League Baseball that have a walk rate under 7%. One of them is the Chicago White Sox. I'm going offense, then pitching. Walks will help you get on base. There are three Major League Baseball teams that don't get on base at a 300 clip. The Kansas City Royals, the Detroit Tigers, and the Chicago White Sox. You won't walk if you chase pitches. And guess what? The Chicago White Sox chase more pitches out of the strike zone than any other team in Major League Baseball. Because of that, the White Sox are one of 10 teams in Major League Baseball to have not scored 100 or more runs at this point. Thought second base was going to be the problem. Everybody did going into the year. They sign Elvis Andrews, but with Tim Anderson out, you know, Andrews slides over to short. Let's just look at the middle infield options right now with T.A. out. Elvis Andrews is slashing 195-260-230. Lenin Sosa is slashing 122-143-220. Romy Gonzalez, who was in right yesterday, is slashing 129-129-129. That's the offense. Now let's go to the pitching staff. The Chicago White Sox Wait, have this... what about Luis Robert? He's uh, He's playing really well, right? He's fine. He's like, honestly, I was joking. He, 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 I think, he I sucked. Yeah. he's been underwhelming, but he's actually like the least of my problems right now. Andrew Benintendi isn't slugging for shit. We saw that last year in Kansas city and New York, like the highest paid white stock ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Here's another <laughs> thing. You're <laughs> you were immediately derailing with the Brian Reynolds contract. Now that's eight years for one Oh six. There are three teams in major league baseball, three organizations that have yet to hand out a nine figure deal. The Oakland A's, their highest paid player is Eric Chavez. at six years, $66 million. Moneyball Eric Chavez? Moneyball who actually wasn't featured
0: in Moneyball, which is one of the great faults of Moneyball, is that they never talked about Tim Hudson. They never talked about Eric Chavez. They never talked about Barry
1: Zito. We could continue, but I'm more interested in your rant. So the Oakland A's, one of three. The Chicago White Sox, one of three, their largest deal in franchise history in terms of total money is Andrew Benintendi at five years 75. And the Kansas City Royals, I believe, are the third team to not give out a nine figure deal. So there we go. Like, there's the finish of the offense rant. Now let's go to the pitching, which is the real bugaboo here. The White Sox have the second worst staff ERA in all of baseball at 5'6'2. That's only better than Oakland. They have the second highest FIP in the game only better than Oakland. The staff has walked the second most hitters in baseball, again, only better than Oakland. I'm going to be mean to a guy that's on the IL right now, but like he kind of encapsulates what's going on here. Joe Kelly is making $9 million this year. There are 187 days in the MLB season, according to the service time clock. Joe Kelly has been on the roster for 28 days. He makes just over $48,000 a day. So, so far this year, he has made $1,347,593.58. fifty-eight He's allowed four hits and three earned in two and two-thirds innings so far. And yes, he was on the IL for two weeks. He was dealing with a groin strain. He hasn't thrown since April 8th. So let's jump to Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn makes just under $99,000 a day with his two-year extension. He's taken in $2.8 million this year to have a 7-5-2 ERA in five starts. Michael Kopak has an ERA over seven. Mike Clevenger has a 4 8 and sucks ass as a dude. Lucas Giolito has a 4 5. Dylan Cease has an underwhelming 273 and is nearly two runs better than every other starter in this rotation. Like this team is so ridiculously flawed. And this might be the deadline where you say bye to some of your favorite players. They let Jose Abreu walk in free agency. It made sense because Andrew Vaughn was there. But like, hey, if Tim Anderson's on the move or if Giolito's on the move, know we are entering the new frontier of White Sox baseball. And we might be due for it because it's been inept decision after inept decision. And the guys that are good can't stay on the field. And the guys that aren't good are the ones that happen to be on the field all the time. That's my rant
0: beautiful there is there's a baseball podcast by the name of foul territory uh it's a great podcast I you know after you listen to ours I think you should go listen to theirs because it's Scott Braun who's former MLB Network I know where you're going with this you, maybe yeah. the maybe the people listening don't and he had on well he had on one of the hosts is AJ brasinski former White Sox Legend you can call him that. I would. I think he's a White Sox legend. For sure. He asked Lance Lynn because Lance Lynn was on the podcast and AJ Prezinski put it mildly, sort of. He said, What the fuck is going on, Lance Lynn, in Chicago? What is this team? And I'm glad he was perfectly honest with Lance Lynn. And Lynn's answer was, They're going through a lot of changes, Jack. They got a new manager. I don't even know if the front office is that different but it's a new way of baseball going on in chicago do you think that's a good enough excuse from what's been seen on the field so far pause for drama
1: absolutely fucking not what this is the last ditch i heard that and
0: i had no idea what like i okay there was a part of my brain that said, all right, the New York Mets, do you remember that 2021 year where nobody was hitting offensively? Very down years, Lindor's first year, Mets fans felt like the year was going up in flames. They weren't even close to this bad. And it it's something when they're changing a hitting philosophy. What is this hitting philosophy? And how does it then impact every single starting pitcher? that's the difference when i was thinking all right maybe he has a point here because i we saw what happened with the mets but that was offensively that wasn't the entire team that wasn't from the catcher to the center fielder the fourth outfielder to the last guy in the bullpen to the number one guy on the mound so i i sat there thinking i mean lynn that's not an excuse i mean come on man
1: it's not it's it's a terrible excuse and like Here's the thing. I'm willing to buy Pedro Grifol a bit more time because like, he aced the offseason. Every time I heard him speak, I was very in on what this guy's about, and I think that he can be a good big league manager. But for, for him to say, uh, I saw a couple days ago, he, he said something about the absence of Tim Anderson, like, we are much better when Tim Anderson is on the field than when he isn't. No shit. He's a superstar shortstop. He's your leadoff hitter and your best player. That's a pretty weird thing for a big league manager to say. Um, the, The other thing that jumps out to me is like everything is bad. You know what I mean? Like you've got the pitching second worst pitching staff in baseball, only out of Oakland. You've got the hitting who isn't walking. Who's hardly hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Like they're not doing anything well offensively. Your two best hitters by OPS so far this year are both on the IL, which is something that white Sox have become white Sox fans have become far too accustomed to seeing. I and like, know that. <laughs> you've got character flaws here. Like I've got, Mike Clevenger asking if the media are music producers because he's warming up to gold digger by Kanye West after he quote unquote beat abuse allegations in the off season. This is such a flawed team right now. I ban
0: from betting on them. Yeah. they I view them as unwatchable and I'm not even a fan. It's Been yeah, I watch, you and I watch so much baseball, you know, even at night, like, we're outside of a Cincinnati Reds fan and a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. If we're watching that game, like I'm watching that game. I watch a ton of baseball and I know you do too. I don't turn on White
1: Sox games. No. And like, I still do um because You're, they're I, your team. Yeah. But you like, you know, I'm waiting I hate for the
0: Yankees them. too, honestly. Like I used to be the most passionate fan in the world. I hate them. Like I love them. <laughs> I love them to death and I will die a Yankee fan. I was born a Yankee fan and I will die a Yankee fan and I will always have their backs. But at the same time, like when we talk about so many different teams and we fall in love with players and we watch so much baseball across the league, like you start to have like a little bit of distaste for your team. And like, I can't imagine being in your situation because the Yankees just put up 12 runs and they've been horrible offensively
1: but they ain't the white Sox. Yeah. I mean, you take a gander at what's happened the last two days in Toronto, they've been outscored 15, nothing, and they've just looked totally outmatched by an objectively better team. That's a tough pill to swallow. What I will say is like, not only have I made the transition of being a fan of a team to a fan of individuals, like I root for players around the league. Um, when you work in sports Your fandom tends to dissipate. And I know that this is not a problem unique to me. I know that a lot of people experience this. Um, I would probably consider myself more of a Pirates fan right now than a White Sox fan because the Pirates are running out guys that I got to watch every day a year ago and this year and got to know. Kind of same deal like, hey, I'm an employee within the Padres organization in 21. So I'm keeping tabs on the Padres. Like, that's the team that I pay attention to. Um, so I've been kind of blessed in this situation to not have to watch the White Sox every night from a <laughs> from a fan perspective. You say you're blessed? Kind of. Like honestly, I feel bad for the guys on our staff. Like Brandon Anderson does a great job on graphics for us. Elijah Evans is a social media wizard, and they're sitting here watching the White Sox every night and getting really frustrated. And like. When I turn them on, I expect the worst and I don't live and die with their success. And yeah. fortunately, that's the case because I'd be dying a lot so far this year. Yeah, it's funny. Instead of players, which I fall in love with all the time, I fall in love with
0: brands of baseball, like the way teams play. For sure. Last season in particular, fell in love with the Cleveland Guardians, fell in love with the St. Louis Cardinals. It yeah. was those two teams where it was like defense, offense but like not selling out for power like moving each other over that brand of baseball i just felt was a winning formula and then when the starting pitcher came to play like good guys in the bullpen that you could always rely on shorten games like that was the brand of baseball that i i'm starting to fall in love with and i really i am still in love with that's why you know i talk about the cardinals all the time i talk about the guardians all the time because i find myself when i don't have a bet going on I turn on the Guardians game. I turn on the Cardinals game because I'm enamored with the way these two teams play baseball. Now, those two teams in particular, the Cardinals are off to a terrible start. The Guardians are off to a middling start. And the last thing I wanted to wrap on in your White Sox rant, the American League Central, dude, like you mentioned the Royals, you mentioned the Tigers, like a lot of these teams, there are four teams right now who have an OPS plus of under 100, I think, on the year. I think I saw this. They're all in the central.
1: Yeah, that it's, it's a rough division it. right now. I'm I'm looking at WRC plus numbers for the league, and the league leaders in WRC. Oh my god, Tampa is. Tampa's, Tampa's got a 149 as a team. So you know how I play splits all the time. Yeah,
0: like lefty righty, all that stuff when I'm betting. Yeah. They're number one
1: against lefties and they're number one against righties and it ain't close, dude. So all five teams in the AL Central have a WRC plus under 100. Minnesota's at 97. The White Sox are 24th in baseball. These are the bottom seven teams in baseball. White Sox are our seventh worst with an 85. Washington, Cleveland out of nowhere, Cincinnati, Colorado, Kansas City, and Detroit. That's the worst teams in baseball in the American League Central. Not ideal.
0: Not ideal.
1: Twins are killing it, sort of. With a 97 WRC plus? Like, even they're below
0: average. I know. It's funny. They're all pitching this year. I love their bullpen. Yeah, Maeda looked like... I love their starting staff.
1: Maeda looked like doo-doo today, though. He... They need to he can't be throwing games anymore. Like, it's, you know. They've got guys by committee that they can roll with that are waiting in AAA, like Bailey Ober, Louis Varland, yeah. Simeon Woods, Richardson, like the, all those guys can start every like third time through the rotation. And Bailey Ober is better than Kentomaida Maeda. Like he's just
0: objectively better than Kentomaida Maeda. And Louis I, Varland is stuff plus, which is a great stat that I always, I'm starting to reference it, now on fan graphs. It grades your stuff, kind of like WRC plus and Louis Varland is his stuff at least metrically, is phenomenal. And Simeon Woods-Richardson is a guy who came over in the Jose Barrios deal, who has already shown a little bit so far this season. But again, if he's like your seventh guy, it's phenomenal.
1: feel great. All right, league leaders, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through the traditional numbers. I'm fine. I'm fine. All right. No, but usually
0: that makes me feel better. Like when I rant about the Yankees afterwards, I, I feel good.
1: I don't feel better or worse. Like I just needed to get those thoughts out there because you know, you can say, "Oh yeah, I'm really frustrated," but I don't know. I like digging into like, "Hey, why? Why yeah. am I so frustrated?" And that's why. Like I watch them swing at sliders low and away for 3 hours a night, or usually I just watch the condensed game because it's really hard for me to cons- like convince myself yeah. to watch 3 hours of that team. Watching
0: pitch by pitch of the Chicago White Sox is almost unbearable. They put up the worst at bats in Major League Baseball. It is it's unwatchable. I I classified them as the most unwatchable team in
1: Major League Baseball. Without Tim Anderson in that lineup, that is the hardest offense to watch in baseball, I think. It's impossible. Because even Luis Robert, like sliders, blown away. He's done. It's it. It's kind of it's very Baez esque, unfortunately. It is. It's like, damn, dude, you have so much potential. Just lay off that pitch, and you're an so MVP. Much talent, so much talent. Oh, so much I t-
0: went through with Aaron Judge. Remember, Aaron Judge yeah. sliders blown away, then he found it, and then he hit 62 home runs. Like, yeah, oh, maybe that happens with Luis
1: Robert. Maybe I hope so. <laughs> <That'd be cool. laughs> hey, man, I hope so. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> League leaders. Let's go traditional stats, and then we'll jump <laughs> into the advanced numbers. Um, we'll go hitters, then pitchers, and we'll go traditional, then advanced, traditional, then advanced. Um, let, Let's start with the batting average. And here's what I'm going to do I'm going to fly through the top five in each of these categories. And we're pretty much just going to say fact or fluke and like real quick yeah. why, where you expect they end up. Mm-hmm. Top five in Major League Baseball and batting average right now. Luis Ariz is hitting 444. Matt Chapman's hitting 364. Ronald Acuna Jr. is hitting 360. Brandon Marsh at 352. Randy Arena at 348. And I do want to throw in Nico Horner, sixth in all of baseball, hitting 347. So there are a couple of guys here that like kind of make sense at the top. Arise makes sense at the top. Acuna makes sense at the top. Matt Chapman's off to a great start. I think he tapers off a little bit, but I can see him being a 300 hitter. Um, and then Brandon Marsh, great start at 352. Here's to hoping it clicks and he's a 300 guy. I'm not sure though. What jumps out there in that grouping is six.
0: Well, shout out Brandon Immo, who's also hitting 349, actually just qualified, so he's in there. I think that's a fact. I mean, 349 is not a fact, but I think he should be a guy who's hitting around the 300 mark. Um, Matt Chapman, I don't see as a 300 hitter. He's hitting the living piss out of the ball. But again, I think he's a 270 hitter, which is great. And he's going to hit a bunch of home runs, and he's going to be great defensively, and he's one of the best third basemen in baseball. Like He doesn't need to hit 300 to be super valuable. So I think he's going to fall off. Marsh is toying around with the – the highest batting average on balls in play in major league baseball. But I think Nico Horner, like his, his, his bat is so. Mm, it's, it's so fun to watch. And that's why, like, I even apologized to Cubs early on because I watched this team. I'm like, wait a minute, they have something and I don't know what it is. Well, I do know what it is like Nico Horner at the top, followed by Dan Swanson. Like those two at the top is so electric. They are both, I think, such good quality hitters, right? They don't chase. They put the bat on the ball and they make contact and they make the defense get them out. I love them at the top. So I think Nico Horner is absolutely a fact. If we're just going through those, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, it's funny. I got flack for putting him at like, I think, six on my top 100 list because they're like, oh, the knee thing. Like, is he going to do it? He is a freak of nature so now he might not ever find that 40 home run stroke the 39 that he had a couple of years ago you know he's still not lifting the ball that much but if he walks it's a double if he gets a double it's a triple he steals bags and it's so easy it's never even close either it's it's a stolen base and it's either no throw or it's a second behind like you don't see that from base dealers all that often or that consistently league leader and stolen bases he is one of the best overall players in baseball. And I think there's like, like there's pure hitters and then there's best all around. And I'd, I'd venture to say like there's one or two better than Ronald Acuna Jr. All around. He might just be the best all around player in the game.
1: Yeah. I can absolutely hear you on that. I think until proven otherwise, Tatis might be that guy for me. Um, Let's see it. We, I got to see it. Uh, I'm not saying talent-wise, yes, but, like, Acuna's doing it.
0: I got to see Tatis
1: do it. it. But Tatis has only been around for a week. You know what I mean? Which is
0: all right, but, like, Acuna's doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give the credit to the guy who is doing it before I put Tatis above him.
1: For sure. Totally understand that. All right, homers. Max Muncy leads the way with 11. He's hitting the crap out of the ball. We talked about him a bit earlier this week. Pete Alonso's got 10. Rafi Devers has 9, as does Patrick Wisdom of the Cubs. And then Rowdy Telez has 8. Telez is always a guy that if he plays a full season is going to hit 30 to 35. I think this is kind of real from Rowdy. Um, Wisdom, there's going to be a stretch where he really, really struggles, but he will also put together tears like this, and he happens to be putting together one of these tears at the beginning of the year. Devers for real, Alonzo for real. Muncy, I love to see it. I think Muncy's power might taper off. But again, this is a guy that we've seen hit 35 bombs at certain points in his career.
0: 36 home runs in 2021. Like, we forget about Max Muncy because he had that terrible year last year. He had Tommy John surgery, so he basically was using his bat as a prop. He wasn't swinging at all. I think he could easily be a 35 to 40 home run guy. He has real, real power. I actually think that's a fact. Do I think he's going to lead the league in home runs? No, but it's kind of like, do I think... You know, Nico Horner and Brandon Imorgan hit 350? Probably not. But do I think they're going to be up there on the leaderboards? Absolutely. I feel the same with Muncie. Wisdom, I think you said it perfectly. He might hit 30 home runs this year and hit 200. Yeah. Like, this, is, that's this is what he does. Like, welcome it's to that wisdom experience. Exactly. And I was even <laughs> speaking about Teoscar Hernandez as a guy who's going to have these big ups and downs. Teoscar is a better overall hitter. Than Patrick Wisdom is, but wisdom will have these power outputs where he hits eight in a week. And you're just like, holy shit, this is the greatest power hitter I've ever seen. But then there will be months where he hits zero and it's it's striking out 50% of the time. And you're like, all right, let's cut him. And then he has those stretches again. And if you rattle off eight home run two-week stretches three times this season, you're at 24, and then a couple more home runs, you're at 30. So I think he'll be
1: in that 30 range. Gotcha. Um, all right, RBI's. Adolis Garcia, after that crazy Saturday, is the league leader at 29. Jordan Alvarez is 27. Randy Orozarena has 24, as does Rafi Devers. And then a two-way tie for fifth. Ozzy Albies and Pete Alonso. Alonso, yes. Devers, yes. Jordan Alvarez, hell yes. I think yeah. this is the year that he could lead the league in RBIs. I mean, I was looking at... Oh, you will. I was looking at Ryan Howard's numbers, because he signed his extension on this date in 2010, I want to say. Um, and Howard, like, had some years in the late 2000s where he drove in 140. Yeah, I that think that's can Jordan. be that can be your Don. Like, your Don can hit 38 with 140 driven in.
0: I was talking about this on our gambling stream, not gambling advice. Uh, slash just baseball fans 4 30 to 6 30 p.m. Eastern every Monday through Friday. Win probability added is a stat that I was talking about last year a lot with Sandy right? And how valuable Sandy was and adding wins to your team. But the clutch stat is something that I brought up on this podcast. And basically what it does is it rates how you are in clutch situations, but it doesn't just say like, if you're a 300 hitter and you hit 300 in clutch situations, you're not clutch. You're just doing what you should be doing. And that's who you are as a ball player. But the fact that Jordan Alvarez is number one in in that clutch stat means that not only is he an amazing hitter, so it's even so hard to get above him himself, right? He's facing off against himself, which is a maybe the best overall hitter in the game, right? He takes it to another level with runners in scoring position. He is an otherworldly hitter, an otherworldly hitter. And I've been arguing with people like, is he the best pure hitter in Major League Baseball? And, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I I still think Trout, like I will. It's hard for me to get off Mike Trout, and I still think Judge is up there and people are going to hate this. I still think Juan Soto is up there. I know he's off to a slow start. I know he hasn't been hitting with San Diego, but I just think when I watch the guy, I think he still puts up the best at bats that you really can find. Yeah, but it's getting harder and harder for me not to say Jordan Alvarez, and that's with my absolute love and respect For both Mike Trout and Aaron Judge, but Jordan is just, I mean, I love and respect him too, but it's like, he's still young. Like,
1: he's still 25. Yeah, he's still young. This is new. He's the most, he's the most 35 looking 25 year old I've ever seen. I'm 25. He looks 50 years older than me. Yeah. Like in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, he looks 75 in like a healthy way, not a Jan Gomes way. Um, Jordan Alvarez with runners in scoring position this year. Nine for 20 with two doubles, three homers, and 23 driven in. There you go. He's hitting
0: 470 with runners in scoring position. Also, shout out Jan Gomes, Cubs fans. Don't think I didn't watch that game where he basically willed you to win in the wind, basically drove in all of those runs. I think he, what, had four or five RBIs, opposite base hits. I'm not trying to disrespect Jan Gomes, but at the same time, Cubs fans, we do look at Jan Gomes and say – that
1: guy could be my grandpa for sure for and like listen the way he rode drew smiley on that ground ball that felt like a very grandpa way to try and field a ground ball that that looked like he needed a walker yeah uh total bases really interesting list in total bases top five matt chapman and rafi devers share the lead we already talked about both those guys Bo Bichette three james outman four pete alonzo five so I guess my question is, Bo Bichette and James Altman, your thoughts?
0: Bo Bichette, I one thousand percent believe in. I'd had, I'd had someone uh, and I wanted to pose this question to you. Someone said it in my TikTok live today. Do you think Bo Bichette will get to three thousand?
1: Mm, let me pull him up. Bo Bichette, twenty four. Yes, he's a he's a young twenty five year old. He just 25. turned twenty five on March fifth. Okay, he's got five hundred hits. So, let me do the math here. So if he plays until he's 40, that's 15, 15 years. 15 years. All right, 3000 511, 2489 divided by 15, 166 hits a year. He's averaging 199 through his first 5 seasons. He's got to be really good and he's got to be really healthy. I mean, that's 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 what I
0: said on the live because I was going over it in my head and I'm like, it's just about health. I think I think it's just about health. If he stays healthy, he has that special hit tool that will lead him to 3000 hits in the Hall of Fame.
1: The other thing that like kind of helps his case, too, is he doesn't walk that much. No, he doesn't, which is great. (laughs) His career walk rate is 6%, which is 2.5% below league average. He's also, and I wouldn't say mastered it
0: because he still is young, but it does look like a Derek Jeter type ability to hit the ball the opposite way, where he gets a sweeper, which is the new pitch in Major League Baseball. He ain't worried about that. He just shoots it the other way, and especially with no shift, he's finding these holes and it's like, he doesn't have to hit the home runs anymore. Like I think he is going to be a perennial 200 hit guy for the next decade. And I think we'll be talking about Boba in the hall of fame case. I really do. I've always thought this is a special hitter. I've always, like, you know, f- watching blue Jays games now for what feels like, you know, the last half decade where I've been watching Boba what feels like every day. I'm like, God, this guy sucks at defense, but the bat is just,
1: and he's getting better you turn on the TV and he's getting better and he's getting more mature. He's amazing. He's getting better. Um, he shoots the all the other way on his career at a 26% clip, which is 6% better than league average. Other thing that jumps out about Boba uh, line drive rate so far this year, highest of his career. He's got a 38% line drive rate. So like this guy's hitting a line drive more often than not, it feels like, and he doesn't hit the ball on the ground that often. He also is fast as shit. So like yep. the 17% fly ball rate, I don't hate at all with him. No. So imagine if he was a good defender. Yeah. As and as well. like Altman, we talked about. Um, I, I don't, don't know think what to do with this him. is I don't think that this is real, but I do think that James Altman is like an eight hundred OPS guy this year. I don't know what to say. I know he's not a top prospect,
0: but he hits a home run every day. What am I supposed to say? Like, I like his swing, I like his overall game. Who am I to say that he's gonna regress? He hits a home run every day. Maybe yep. he won't keep hitting a home run every day, but he's hitting a home run every day.
1: So what yeah. am I going to do? I love him. He's going to go abroad every day. So he's fifth in WRC plus right now. Um, There are four guys with a WRC plus at 200 or above through the first month of the season. Luis Arise has a WRC plus right at 200. Matt Chapman at 205. Brandon Marsh at 209. We've talked about those three. But your major league leader among qualified hitters in WRC Plus is Jared Kelnick of the Seattle Mariners at 210. God, I love that. Is it real? Yes. 210's not real, but he's got it. But like 140 could be real.
0: This is the fucking guy. Yeah. This is who we all thought. This was the top prospect. This was the big fish. The reason Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz was traded. Jared Kelnick is that guy. And, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm not victory lapping, but what I did say at the beginning of the season, and when I gave you and Aram my grand pitch for why the Mariners are going to win the World Series – was I was like, Jared Kelnick is the X factor. The rest of the offense is great. And he made these mental changes in the offseason. I watched that interview, and I fell in love with the mental side of Jared Kelnick. And that was all that mattered for him. It was take out the noise, stop worrying so much, and let your talent play. Pitch by pitch. Win every pitch. And I got to say, dude, my brain lit up like a freaking light bulb when he was asked, how did you do today? And he said, I won every pitch. That's Miguel Cabrera type shit. That is different levels of hitter. And if he's got that at this young age with that swing and that power, sky's the limit.
1: I hear you. I hear you on it. And, and what sucks is, while Kelnick has been the best hitter in baseball by WRC+, there have been other factors with that Mariners team that have limited how they vaulted into this 2023 season. But assuming that every other guy kind of like reaches level ground, like reaches what they can be uh, and Kelmick stays good. This Mariners team is really dangerous, man. All right. It is also uh,
0: Can we shout out Luis Arise for a second? Our sure, modern yeah. day Tony Gwynn. I'm, what an
1: amazing player. What an Preach amazing up. player. He is so much fun. And like, he's going to be for a long time. He's 26 years old. He's about to turn 26 years old. Um, he's got two more years of arbitration left, I think. And and we talked about the extension candidacy for him. Arm wrote up a nice piece last week on JustBaseball.com about the extension candidacy for Luis Arise. Uh, regardless of what uniform he's wearing, this guy is must-see. He's so much fun. When we talk about the uh, the prospect grading scale from a 20 to 80 scale,
0: that's an 80-hit tool. Yeah, That's what you're looking at. Whenever you hear the word 80, it is... Hall of Fame. It is the best of the best. It, you look up to them. Aaron Judge, 80 grade power. Yep. Giancarlo Stanton, 80 grade power. I would even venture to say when Joey Gallo puts the bat on the ball, that's 80 grade power. Yeah. Luis
1: Arias has an 80 grade hit tool. And he may be the only one. Hmm. He may be the he only might, one. He
0: might be the only one right now because it's, it's clockwork and like. Yeah. That's what 80 is, clockwork.
1: Yeah, like I, who are the other guys that jump out in that regard? Like Quan, when it comes to making contact on pitches in the strike zone, but I don't even think Quan Doesn't, is an 80-hit tool. It's not an 80-hit tool. No, um, he hits 300. Arise is hitting
0: 440 a month into the Yeah, year. yeah I mean, it's just oh. – and and he also – didn't he win the batting title last year? Yeah. Um, Who else is an 80-grade hit tool? I don't think there I is mean, one.
1: Like Trey Turner in recent years? Maybe he's up there. I mean, you know who's up there right now. Freddie Freeman is up there, but who? Freddie Freeman is definitely up there. Juan Franco's up there. Juan Franco's up there. Jordan Alvarez. Ah, No, not Jordan.
0: Uh, Yeah, but the crazy thing about Jordan is he's like 75, 75.
1: he's, He's 70. Yeah, he's 70, 70, I think. He's amazing.
0: That's what Aaron Judge is. Like the same thing as Jordan, 75-75. That's what I give Trout. 75, Although he punches 75. out. Like Jordan doesn't punch out. Well, like Aaron Judge doesn't strike out that yeah, much. He anymore. does. He struck Man. out a lot last year. Let
1: me let me check his strikeout rate right now. He struck I out, out a lot last year. Um yeah, while but... you do that, we just talk top five in WRC plus. We just talked guys with a 200 plus WRC plus. Uh W R C plus under 50, meaning 50% or lower.
0: Air judges striking out yeah, 31 points. Yeah, there we go.
1: So <laughs> I would I would negate that 75 hit. <laughs> All right, rate. Yeah, that's
0: fair. That's fair. Um,
1: there are six guys with a WRC plus under 50, meaning they are more than 50% below the league average hitter at this point.
0: Manny Machado
1: has a 48 WRC plus. He's uh, yeah, obviously
0: Cap. it's Cap. He's way better than that, but his at bats suck. Yes, he looks like he doesn't even care. <laughs> that's what I hate from some of these guys. That's what I see on the White Sox. There's one thing to have a bad at bat, there's another thing to look like you don't give a shit and that makes me so mad. And knowing the talent of Machado, but then I get to watch him play third base and he's just yeah. I mean, he exactly. Just a wizard. Like people say, "Oh, is way better of a
1: defender." Dude, I don't know. I, I Like know. yes, but also no, like not way better. He's a marginally better defender. Have you ever seen a smoother defender at any
0: position ever? Um. Mm. Just smooth. It's not best. It's just, I sometimes I say Buxton the way he glides in center field, but yeah, I mean I guess I mean, like
1: prime Andrelton Simmons in Atlanta, but that wasn't smooth. That was just greatness.
0: But everything like, happened. Yeah,
1: you know, like he was. Yeah. That this was just craziest crazy. shit. I've That's ever not seen. what
0: even I'm talking about. I, like yeah. I'm talking about like Robinson Cano, like yeah. just.
1: No, I mean, oh, Machado's I smooth know. as hell.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Not greatest. Like, and Jordan Simmons is a much better defender than Machado. Uh, eh, maybe not, but like you know
1: what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. The smoothness, the gracefulness he it's is amazing. Safe. All right. Um, bottom five in WRC Plus. Josh Naylor, Elvis Andrews, Aledmas Diaz, Ezekiel Tovar, and Gene Segura bringing up the rear with a 19 WRC. Plus. Gene Segura has been a big pile of shit. He's got a negative 0. 0.7 war. It's not ideal. Incredible. Bad. Real bad. Like,
0: I mean, he grounds out every player, strikes out. I mean, it's it's non-competitive. And, you know, Marlins fans are asking for the release of Avi Garcia, which I find hilarious, and they're spot on with that. But I can't imagine Marlins fans, after you signed Gene Segura to a multi-year deal, it wasn't very expensive. But I got to say, kind of similar to... The Cardinals line at the beginning of the season on BetMGM, remember I said, Cardinals money or Cardinals to win the division is minus 115. That must be free money. It's basically yeah. even odds. Gene Scurros signing for two years, 17, felt very telling. Yeah. That a lot of big league organizations said there's nothing left in the bat anymore.
1: No, and I mean coming off a World Series appearance too. Um, all right, last hitter number, strikeout rate. There are five guys punching out at a 35% clip or above among qualified hitters. Can I guess? Yeah. I know jazz is on there. Jazz is number one, 38% K rate.
0: He strikes out every day. I love him. Marlins fans. I love the flare, but I kind of don't like him. And I'm, I'm afraid of hiding it. I mean, I'm done hiding it. I, I don't like it. I like, and it's has nothing to do with the flare. I have no problems with him. You know, you know, Euro stepping on the play. I have no problems. With that. I love the flair. I'm talking about him as the baseball player. Yeah, like, back it up. He puts up terrible at bats. Like Marlins fans, can we understand that? He puts up terrible at bats day in, day out. And all I hear is, oh, he's improving so much in center field. Are we watching the same game? Like, he's so fast so we can get to some balls. And yeah, like, he is improving from horribleness. Like, you'd expect that from a guy like Jazz. Like, I know jazz doesn't give a fuck about this podcast. Never heard about this us before, but I am challenging you jazz chisholm. Like you are, and it's, you are better at baseball than what you show on a day-to-day basis. Like, I feel like he checks out mentally and he's just like, screw it. Like I'm having fun. I'm still flashy. I'm still so talented. I'm like, you could be
1: so much better, dude. So he pisses me off. Yeah. I mean, I like, I totally hear where you're coming from. I hear what you're saying uh, on that front. I, I think that this is a really rough start to his season. Um, I think I that think he bounces this is
0: what back. He, like, yeah, bounces back in what format? Like, he I doesn't played. I think the well. batting
1: average goes up 30 to 40 points. He's, he's a 218 hitter right now. And I think the K rate drops. I think he could be a 240 guy who
0: strikes out 30, 35% of the time and hits 20 home runs and steals 40 bags. And, like, Dude, I just don't that's think really that's cool. him, man. I think Maybe. he's a legit 30 30 threat. And I think he's going to hit 260. I have no, no qualms with him being a legit 30 30 threat.
1: It's everything else. Yeah. I hear you. Um, Why are
0: you home run or bust with your
1: speed? Yeah, and I like the that? swing. I like the A swings that he gets off, but I hear you. Like, I need he's to see some swings in suck. it, adjustments adjustments. All right. The, the other four, Riley Green with the Tigers, Will Myers with the Reds, Ryan McMahon with the Rockies, and Matt Olson with the Braves. And might I point out that among these guys, there's only one with a WRC plus over 90, and it's Matt Olson with a 148, and he's punching out 35% of the time. His profile... Is one of the very few guys in baseball that can survive with a 35% K rate because he walks more than 15% of the time and he hits bombs and he drives in runs. Yeah. I love Matt Olson, and I'm okay with the Ks.
0: I'm not okay with the Ks. I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm never okay with a 30% or above strikeout rate. I'm just never going to be okay with it. I don't care who you are. So it's, you Aaron know, I'm Judge? Not just being mean to Jess. I'm not okay with that. I hate that. I don't like guys who strike out that much. I I don't either, but I'm willing
1: to pallet it with a guy like that.
0: I guess. Yeah. When they're such freaks in nature, like I'm willing to pallet it with Aaron Judge. If he hits fucking 80 home runs and like hits 300, it's like, yes, I can pallet it. Do I like it? Absolutely not. Do I know that Matt Olsen is capable of much more? Do I know that Aaron Judge is capable of much more? Do I know that Chad Chisholm is capable of much more? Absolutely. So what's going on? Why are you striking out? three or four times every 10 at bats, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's objectively bad. Like at least make contact, especially jazz. You can get on base with a weak single dude.
1: I'm done. I'm done with that. Sorry. I hear you. All right. Moving to the pitchers. uh, Just a couple numbers to to run through here. I'm going to go ERA. I'm going to go strikeouts uh, innings pitched and I'm going to go batting average against, and then we'll call it, call it a wrap um era there are nine guys with an era under two among qualified starters and i'm going to walk you through and just say valid or invalid number one is Sonny gray at 0.62 he's been so good he's been good so good valid or invalid
0: do i think he's gonna have a 0.62 era this year no do i think he has a very strong possibility
1: of being under a three yes let's call it stars align these guys are under two and a half Sonny gray no but close Otani next at 0.64. I think he might have a 0.64. A year <laughs> like Eric so Cole at
0: 0.79. He's been on fire. I think he's going to be in the mid twos. Yeah. Uh, Justin Steele at 119. Dude is a fucking legend. He's a legend. It's a crazy. legend. He keeps the ball off the barrel at, at an elite rate that I like. I mean, you watch Justin Steele starts. Nobody hits the ball hard ever. Just cutters in and on your hand, sliders. I don't even know what it is. It's spinning. It's... It's so good. And friend of the program, Justin Steele. We plugged and I think it's episode 307, Cubs fans. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, we talked to Justin Steele. I was talking about it on the uh, on the um, mm-hmm. stream on the stream. And I said him and Lazardo were kind of similar, but completely different people in the sense that they're just ball players. Yeah. They are just ball players. There's some guys who we've spoken to, they have Great stories. They're really fun interviews. They have stuff outside of baseball. Obviously, they're diehard baseball. Like, if if you're in the major leagues, you have to be. But Justin Steele wakes up, and he thinks about baseball. When he falls asleep at night, he thinks about
1: baseball. I love him. And it it plays, dude. Like, you see it. And and the Um, thing is... I'm talking if the stars align, is this guy a sub 2-5? And, you know, we don't yes. necessarily think so for Sonny Gray. Like, we think so for Steel, because the way I that slider it. works off the fastball, it's wild. You can't hit it. You can't put a hard contact on it. If you can't put a hard contact on it, you're going
0: to not have success. It's yep. the name of the game. Luis Castillo at a 1-5 right now. Yeah, yes. he'll be like a 1-9. Yeah, he's uh, yes. the best. He's amazing. He's King Felix reincarnated.
1: Uh Bryce Elder as a one six nine right now. It's a good story while it's lasting, but that it's not gonna last, although Elder can hold down the five spot for Atlanta. The guy I think right he's a high him,
0: three Z R A guy, like a three eight. I think he's solid.
1: Sub four for sure. And like Elder, yep. I think, is a good five at Great the five. Big league level.
0: Great five. But this it gives is you length, quick, quick innings. innings. No, Pitch I mean, counts as like in the 80 by the sixth inning. I, he's a good five. He because he's not a five starter that like has strikeout stuff. And you're like, ooh, like he has good stuff. Let's put him in the rotation. Like, nah, he's he's not there to strike you out. He's there to get the ground ball double play and move on to the next. Let, let Atlanta's offense cooks. And they win all the time when he's on the mound.
1: So he and Kyle Muller fulfill very similar roles. Elder was the righty older. innings eater. Muller, the lefty innings eater. But both those guys were like. Kind of the bulldog in waiting for Atlanta. So I think they felt okay moving off Muller because they knew they had a guy with a similar type template in Elder.
0: I had the same thought. There's a reason they kept Elder and Dish Muller. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I could see
0: that. Not like, that Mueller's bad. I'm not, bad. I don't I'm mind not sure Mueller. if they just,
1: preferred Elder to Muller,
0: but I think they were kind of interchangeable in their minds. I think, and this is all conjecture, Sweet. in those trade talks, they were like, you can have Kyle Muller. And they said, what about Bryce Elder? And they said, you can have, let's Mueller. do Kyle Muller. Okay. Uh, right? Writer, Like, what? do you think that the A's, if they had a
1: choice? I don't know. Maybe I, I'm wrong. I could be I f- totally wrong. I bet you go Muller if you had the choice. Huh. Okay. Um, but again, it's really close. I view those guys very similarly. I think Muller's floor is higher. Or excuse me, Elder's. Elder's floor Elder's is higher. Floor. In my, gotcha. in my yeah. opinion. See, I think Muller's floor is a little higher. But... Who knows what happens if Bryce Elder is the opening day starter in Oakland. Like, true, he could get bombed, too. It just could, you're pitching for Oakland, and there's eight people there, and like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Strider, next. Yes, believe it, all the way oh, in. He's, no, know, you guys talked about him yesterday. I, I said, like, there's one thing to have great
0: pitches, there's another thing to have great command, and there's another thing to have an enormous set of nuts.
1: Yes, he's got all three. Yep. Uh, McClanahan at 186. Yes, moving yep. on. Alex Cobb at one nine one sneaky, been great for San Francisco. No, no, but I think he'll be in the
0: low threes. I really do like him. I think remember he's always been a good pitcher. He was on the Rays for a while and they figured something out with him. Of course they did. The fact that they can grab Elvin Rodriguez from the Tigers and make him something arm and I were talking about that on the prospect report. I still can't get over that. And then like, Cobb when I think to the angels been dealing with injuries, but like when he pitches and the year before he had, he was the unluckiest pitcher in baseball runners in scoring position. Like when he was in the stretch, they all scored and like that doesn't happen year over year. So it's finally regressing to the mean for him. I think he's a low threes guy. I think he's actually a very, very solid pitcher.
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe not low threes, but like mid threes. Yeah. Which well, is great. Garrett Cole at three, five last year. Right. Um, we'll be talking about a lot of the same guys that we run through these stats. So to end the pod, I just want to heap praise on Zach Gallin because he was awesome again, and he's the okay. league leader in strikeouts right now. Um, I want to run through the last four starts for Gallen because I've got a really cool nugget from Optus stats here. Um, April 10th against Milwaukee. Seven innings, three hits, no runs, 11 strikeouts, and a walk. Against Miami on April 16th. Six and two-thirds, two hits, no runs, 7Ks, no walks. April 21st against San Diego. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, 11Ks, no walks. And then yesterday against Kansas City. Six and a third, four hits, no runs, 12Ks, no walks. So according to Opta stats, Zach Gallen of the Diamondbacks is the only major league pitcher in the modern era, so post-1901 to have a four start span with 40 plus strikeouts, no runs allowed and a whip under 0.5. Less than half a base runner per inning. 40 Ks over four starts and no runs. That's an never ace. been done before. Greatness. That's an ace. He's, He's an so ace in big. our league.
0: He's an ace in our league. And it was crazy because remember at the beginning of the season stuff was down and you're like whoa what's Going on, Gallen, back. Back with a vengeance. And the Diamondbacks, like, having him and Carroll, I mean, you're going to be sitting there for a very long time, Diamondbacks fans, knowing that you have one of the best players in baseball And Corbin Carroll. Hasn't fully come into play yet, but well, but you'll he's, see. He's playing well, man. Oh, he's still playing well. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's playing well, and it, like, it's not even close to, I think, touching the surface of what he can be. And then you have Zach Gallon. And like, there's not many very, there's not a lot of teams that have one of the best pitchers in the league. And then we'll have one of the best position players in the league. Like the Rays have it in Wander and Shane. The Braves the have it in Strider and Acuna. The Yankees have it with Judge and Cole. The Yankees have it with Judge and Cole. I mean, the Angels have it, of course. Yeah, with Otani and Otani. drought yeah, <laughs> o- Trout. Trout. <laughs> um, who else has, who else
1: has that? Uh, I
0: mean, Horner and
1: Steele. That's, that's, yeah, I was nah, gonna nah, say nah, I was nah, gonna nah. say Sandy and Arise right now, but like no, um, I don't know. Like it's few and far between, man. Yeah, it's hard to find them.
0: Um, let me just workshop this real quick.
1: Houston with Jordan Romber,
0: Blue Jays having Gosman and Vladdy, but Gosman's not quite there.
1: I'd probably put Jordan and Valdez
0: ahead of that. I would too, but I still wouldn't put because it's like I need like one of the best pitchers on earth. And one of the best hitters on earth. And like Framber is a very good pitcher,
1: not one of the best pitchers on earth. I think that's the list. I think it's Judge and Cole. I think it's Otani and Trout, McClanahan and Franco right now. Yeah. Um, and Gallon and, I mean, Gallon and Carroll aren't there yet because Carroll's not there yet. Mookie and Arias. Oh, and, and Strider and Acuna. Strider yeah. And Mookie, Acuna. And Arias. Mookie
0: and Arias. Uh, Padres. Tyler Wells and Adley Rutschman. Tyler Wells and Adley Rutschman. Kyle Muller and
1: Astoria Ruiz. Yeah. Seth Brown and Shintaro Fujinami. (laughs) Plug the merch, man.
0: (laughs) Get your Just Baseball merch, ladies and gentlemen. I'm rocking my Just Baseball hat. It is in the episode description. It is the best way to support this podcast. Another great way, without spending a dime, is just if you could rate and review five stars, whether you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and if you are listening to us on YouTube, hopefully you all enjoyed the show. If you could hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, and comment what else you'd like to see us here on the Just Baseball Show go over. We'll be back on Friday, but of course, the Just Baseball Show is sponsored by BetMGM. For all my not gamblers out there, wager $10 on any MLB money line before the game started. Once it is settled, you will see $100 in bonus bets in your account. Download BetMGM on your smartphone or your computer and use code JBFANS in order to take advantage of that promo because it ends soon, right? They don't just give out free money all year. This ends soon, so make sure to jump on it now. And with that, thank you, everybody.